So I'm guessing that um, some people might be surprised to hear that in early America, they were thinking about climate change, but people might not be surprised to know that they were linking in one way or another climate and, and God or climate and religion. Would you say that's the case, Nathan? I would say that's the case. I mean, I mean, the Bible itself has any number of references to not wanting to make God upset and God changing the weather, you know, these clouds and pillars of smoke and great floods. Um, so the story of, you know, God's power over the climate is really as old as, you know, the story of Noah, right? Um, there, there is a really important sermon delivered in the early 18th century by Increase Mather called The Voice of God in Stormy Winds, where he essentially claims or affirms that natural processes behind storms were God's will and that you have to control your behavior or police your behavior in order to get hmm. the weather that you want or the climate that you want, which, as you can imagine, in the Massachusetts Bay Colony with, you know, freezing winters and I'm sure, you know, not terribly comfortable summers much of the time, um, a lot of people are going to take heat of. And it's a pretty, pretty handy way <laughs> to try to get people to behave the right way if you think that you can control the weather in the meantime, right? And indeed, I think people did take heed of that. So I think for sure, as you just suggested, Nathan, there's this major religious stripe mm. in the way people are thinking about climate. But then on the other hand, certainly in the 18th century, there's a sort of more naturalist mm -hmm. approach to it too, right? And, and which sounds very highfalutin modern and scientific. But on the other hand, um, I think people at the time, uh, certainly in the old world, they were assuming that the climate in the new world, made new world life of all kinds inferior, mm. right? So it's naturalistic, but it's still, there's still Enlightenment-esque <laughs> sort of drawing broad patterns and, right. and grounding them in the old world. Yeah, and your guy Jefferson, in fact, Joanne, <laughs> uh, pushed back on these notions that the climate was inferior, or I guess more accurately, he accepted them and said that, you know, Americans are doing something about that. Right. They're cutting down all <laughs> right, these forests. Right. They're cultivating <laughs> the land. And that, in turn, is actually improving the climate. He actually advocated for Spain cutting a canal through the Panamanian Isthmus, not mm. just to send ships through it. He, he liked that idea, of course. But he believed that cutting down all those trees would continue uh, this effect on the climate, making it more temperate, making it more livable huh. for all of North America. Wow. Now, that is a thing I did not know about Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> That's why you need to listen to Backstory more often. <laughs> clearly, clearly. Wow. So, yeah, it makes sense that, that Jefferson would probably probably this around you, the world. If you didn't know it, Joe, it probably means it's not true, and I'm getting in a hell of a lot of trouble here, but... We're going with our we're, we're going with our amazing researchers who have never been wrong about anything. So I'm sticking. With I it. always believe you, Brian. I always <laughs> believe you. <laughs> okay. But so that 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 has us in in early America. I would assume that this topic is going to change dramatically when we move up into actually the neck of the woods that you guys are more normally in, uh, which is a more modern era. How how do things fundamentally change about people and how they feel that they are or aren't controlling the weather? 
Well, one of the things that is surprising um, to me every time I revisit this is just how early the climate change conversation is going, right? So, again, I'm, I, I totally embrace my identity as a 20th century guy, but we, <laughs> but we can't claim in the 20th century to have created the conversation on climate change. There are sources right. going back to the 1820s where French scientists, for in, instance, are talking about a hothouse effect connected to human activity, right, that's changing the climate of of the planet. In 1859, the London Morning Post has a lecture from a man named John Tyndall, an Irishman, a scientist who's talking about the atmosphere and its effect on heat and the absorption of heat on the Earth's surface. In the 1890s, um, you have Swedish scientists who are doing the same thing, talking about the effect of carbonic acid in the air upon the temperature on the ground. That's a title from one of these journals, right? The Philosophical Magazine and Journal of Science, to be exact. So all this to say that the, yeah, the 19th century— I still subscribe century, to that, Nathan. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. You owe them some money if last I checked. So, <laughs> so, so the, the thing about the 19th century is, you know, as much as we want to think of it as an era of, you know, still rural America or, you know, less— um, as, as, as a time when the concerns of the 20th century are not present, they're absolutely there in the way that people are thinking about their evolving relationship with the globe. Now, I think it is true, though, to your point, Joanne, that for your average farmer, they're much more concerned with how to get the rain that they want. So the idea that you right. might, for instance, you know, plow fields and somehow, you know, rain clouds will follow the plow, that was still a widely held idea among many Americans in the 19th century. Um, or the idea that, you know, battlefields were places where rain essentially followed because the releasing of gunpowder into the atmosphere created rain clouds. Hmm. I mean, that was an actual right. writing that came around the Civil War. Um, but, you know, the idea that climate change was something we should be mindful of that was still largely confined to smaller scientific communities. But what's amazing, since both you and Joanne have confessed to learning so much about this topic, <laughs> what I'm always amazed at is the degree to which Going all the way back to the 18th century, they really were talking about climate, not just the weather. Uh, right. I, mm. I understand that increased Mather thing was about a very bad windstorm, thunderstorm, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, Jefferson and all of those people that uh, Professor Chaplin was talking about, they're talking about real climate change. And the, the, uh, the journals you just cited, Nathan, that's climate change. That's mm -hmm. not weather Right. Most of the stuff that I've looked at in the 20th century, actually, uh, until the 1960s or so, is much more about altering the weather rather right. than altering hmm. the climate. And why is that? Hmm. Uh, I'm not a scientist. I can't be exactly sure. But my sense is, in the 20th century, which is always the best century, uh, <laughs> scientists here, here. began... <laughs> Scientists began to recognize just what a powerful thing climate is. Mm. Uh, mm. For instance, when they developed the atomic bomb and the hydrogen bomb, they realized that these incredibly massive weapons, so powerful, were nothing compared to a regular thunderstorm, not to mention a hurricane. And mm. that, in turn, was just a weather event that was minuscule compared to the regularity, the predictability of climate. And they began to realize in the 20th century just what a powerful and, to many, somewhat permanent thing 
climate was, which is not to say hmm. that they didn't realize that it has changed. There were ice ages, etc. But it was an extraordinarily uh, powerful, almost framing device for human life and hmm. the rest of life on the Earth. Wouldn't you maybe also say, though, so I, my sort of 18th century hunch would be part of why they're thinking about climate and not weather is because they are thinking in a kind of enlightenment kind of a way about big yes. patterns and about exactly. reaching across time. Right. And that what you're talking about, in a sense, is power, the outgrowth of power. If you have power, then you are going to start thinking in a really concrete way about being able to change weather. I think that's exactly right, Joanne. 